Hello and welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast. My name is Megan and I am the host of this podcast and here I just hope to encourage and equip you in your walk with Christ to live for Jesus, to live purposefully. Okay, I am so glad that you're here. Today we have a really cool guest. It is this girl that I've been following on Instagram and many of you actually may too. I've been following her for years and I gradually started to see a shift in her online presence, in her content that became way more Christian-based and Jesus-loving. And I found out that God actually did a major work in her heart, and she's joining us today to share her testimony and what God has done in her life. Her testimony is one truly that helps to break shame and helps remind us that God is reaching out and seeking us, whether we're not his yet, or maybe we are and we've fallen away, or we've been walking with him consistently. I am so excited to welcome Callie to the podcast. Callie is a certified holistic health coach, Pilates instructor, faith influencer, and the founder of Sweaty Studio, an on-demand Pilates studio and app. So she's also going to give us a couple of hormone tips at the end too, which is so fun. I am obsessed. Callie, welcome to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am so stoked to have you. I was saying to you before we started recording, I have been following you for a little bit, so it was so cool to actually have you pop on my on my screen to record this. But thank you so much for being here. For those who don't know who you are, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Megan. I am truly so honored and can't wait for the conversation. But my name is Callie. I live in South Florida. I live, if you are familiar with Florida, I live pretty close to Palm Beach. I'm a beach gal, love all things surfing. I also figure skate, which is random because I surf and figure skate, which are very (laughs) contradicting sports. I also am a Pilates instructor. That's my full-time job. I have an online Pilates studio (laughs) called Sweaty Studio, and I have a podcast called Healthy But Human. So that's a little bit about me. I'm also married. I got married in April but I'm having my actual wedding celebration this coming weekend. So there's been a lot of things happening and I also just moved into a new house and I have two dogs. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, that is so sweet that you are guys, you guys are celebrating your like wedding celebration this weekend. That's so fun. Did you guys elope beforehand? Like what? Yeah. How did you guys get married then? Yeah. Yeah. So we, I was initially not super into the idea. I really wanted to have one wedding. That was it. But I it actually really warmed up to the idea of doing a smaller ceremony with just, we had our parents and then my sister and grandmother came. And then we were going to do the bigger celebration, which with all our friends and family later down the line. So honestly, for anyone who's just like itching to get married and maybe doesn't want to immediately have a the massive wedding celebration or maybe doesn't have a ton of because weddings are really expensive and I'm sure you also know because you're married too (laughs) (laughs) they're they're crazy and so it definitely was a really good option so we weren't just like dropping thousands of dollars right out of the gates and I'm really happy we did it because it takes a lot of pressure off the actual celebration for sure too yeah yeah no I love that that's so sweet well this will be so fun this weekend too I'm so excited for you that's so cool I'm excited when did you get married I got married in um August 2021 so like two years ago yeah, yeah, we just celebrated, just celebrated, I guess like a couple months ago, celebrated our two year anniversary. It was like my favorite, ugh, favorite day. I just loved, yeah, love it so much. It's so sweet. Marriage is so cool. I just, I love, I love it. 
Yeah. It's beautiful. Where did you get married? I got married. So I live in Pennsylvania and we got married like, I think it was an hour and a half out in like Lancaster. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So we got married out there. Just the venues were cheaper. And um, two, it was kind of not coming out of, it was sort of in the middle of coming out of like COVID. Mm -hmm. So we wanted like a really big open space. And um, yeah, so we got married out there and it was really sweet. It like overlooked this river and my husband is huge into like all things outdoors. So it was just like a really cool combination of both of our ones. And yeah, so it was fun. It was really sweet. I love that. That's (laughs) where my best friend got married actually. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wait, that's so cute. That's so sweet. I love it. I love it. Uh, Okay. So you are, I feel like Wonder Woman, you do so many things. You, like you said, you're an instructor, you're a health coach, holistic health coach. Um, You also have a podcast, also like influencer wife, and you have your own app and studio, which is so, so, so cool. How did you start doing all of these things and how did you kind of get into health and fitness and and all of that too? Yeah. So I, it goes way back. I used to be, well, I mentioned I was a figure skater. I recently got back into skating, but I was a competitive figure skater for since I was eight years old through junior year of high school. So that was a huge part of my life. I grew up in Canada where a lot of my childhood was outdoors doing different super active things, whether that was skating, whether that was skiing, whether that was hiking. I was a very active kid out of the gates. And so being in just physical exercise has been a huge part of my life ever since I was really little. And so when I actually ended up going to college, I will backtrack a little bit. When I was a skater, I got injured. And this was when I was in high school. I started having a lot of growing pains in my knees. It was called Osgood Slaughter. And I had to, what people don't typically realize about skating is when you land a jump, it puts eight times your body weight on you. It's that's the impact. It's really, really high impact of a sport. And so that on top of doing off ice training, that was a lot of heavy weight, a lot of plyometric movements, hit workouts, all sorts of things like that. It was really hard on my knees. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually had to take a break from skating and then also I had to take a break from the off-ice training and my mom, she found, it's called Pure Bar and I was actually too young to do the class. I was 15 years old and she got special permission for me and that's how I got into low impact exercise, which is what I teach now is Pilates and bar. And so anyways, I fell in love with bar and then I ended up going to college in Miami and I stopped skating while I was in college, but continued being in the fitness realm. But my relationship with fitness definitely took a big hit because in the past, it had been, hey, you're going to work out because this improves your sports performance. But then it turned into, okay, I see a lot of people at my campus have these quote unquote perfect bodies and I feel insecure in mine and I want to exercise in order to fit a mold and to be hot. So anyways, anyways, I'd find myself in the gym just slaving away at these workouts that I honestly didn't really enjoy. They felt really hard on my body because even though I wasn't skating, I still had lingering chronic injuries. And I just found myself struggling a lot with my relationship with with my body and also with fitness and with nutrition as well. But then I ended up, fast forward one year, I ended up getting certified teach bar. And that's when I got back into pure bar because it's a whole story, but I left (laughs) freshman year. I didn't have a car, so I couldn't do bar freshman year. So that's why I was going to the gym all the time. 
anyways, sophomore year, I had a car. So I started teaching at Pure Bar and that's where I absolutely fell in love with teaching. And for the first time ever, I saw that people actually worked out for more than just to look a certain way. I'd have people who came in who were in their 50s who just wanted to boost their mood or they wanted to continue to strengthen their body as they got older. So it was really inspiring to me to see that there was more to fitness than just looking a certain way. And so anyways, that's what propelled me to launch a blog is I just want to talk more about the overarching wellness space. That's, it was called healthy, not healthy. Vegan. I'm sweaty and I know it. <laughs> and then I started my social media. And then from there in the pandemic, everything was online. So I started teaching online fitness and just long story short, I eventually ended up launching my studio and app sweaty studio in 2021. And so it's been a long journey, but I'm really passionate about helping women fall in love with their bodies and have a good relationship with fitness. And yeah, it's been such a blessing. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I think I started following you right before you launched your own studio because I remember like, I just remember seeing your reels specifically and it was just like, oh my gosh, like so many people signed up and I was like, what is this thing? And um, and then just started like following you. And then I remember, I think I signed up for like, it was like a seven day like Pilates challenge or something like that from you. Yes. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember, <laughs> excuse me, um, just feeling like, like I remember doing it, just feeling like the way that she teaches is just so, I just loved it so much because I feel Aww. like sometimes like people can be like really intense and I just loved the way that you did it instead. Like it just was so good. So all that to say, you mentioned that and I was like, oh yeah, I think that's when I started following along. Yeah. That's so fun. Aww. Yeah. I love that. And that definitely, I've, I personally noticed cause I was, I left out a chunk of the story, but I definitely in 20, I mentioned that I had up and down relationship with food and fitness and everything, but in 2021, I actually struggled with an eating disorder and a little trigger warning for anyone maybe who's going through that. I won't go super deep into it, but I definitely was struggling a lot with my relationship with food and my body specifically. And I definitely found that I was trying to find workouts. I was looking on TikTok, all these different things. And a lot of the workouts are very, very focused on they're clickbaity titles. They're like, do this to shred inches off your waist or do this if you want to have hourglass abs. And while that's to say isn't necessarily bad to have those goals, it's more of, it can be really triggering for someone who doesn't have a healthy relationship with their body and fitness. And they're doing the workout because they want to look a certain way and they just leave feeling worse about themselves after the video. So that's why I mean, my workouts very empowering, a lot of affirmations in them, a lot of just like self-acceptance because it's important to love yourself along the journey because you hate yourself. You can't hate yourself into a body that you love. So that's where I come from with it. But I love that. You can't hate yourself into a body that you love. That's so good. That's such a good quote. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really do love the way that you like teach and just how I think your whole perspective on fitness and health, um, it's just really cool. So for anybody interested in that, definitely go follow her right now. I'll leave her a link in the show notes too. Um, but I would love to dive into your testimony because, and I was listening to it on your podcast a little bit ago, and it was really cool because I remember seeing on Instagram, even like a shift in just you and your content, mm -hmm. like even over the time that I started following you. So um, yeah, I would love to, and I feel like this is really the bulk of our conversation, but just like hear more about how you came to know and love Jesus and just, yeah, your, your testimony. Yeah. That's so cool. You noticed a shift because I've noticed that with friends of mine who have yeah. become believers. I'm like, you are a different person and I love yeah. it. 
Yeah, no, it was so cool because I was like, oh, I'm obsessed with this girl and the way that she does like all things health and fitness. And then to kind of see the shift too, I was like, wait, this is amazing. Like, yeah, so it was really cool to see. Yeah, so I grew up a Christian and my family, both my parents are believers. I went to church for most of my life, um, became a Christian when I think I was eight years old. And I had, I was on fire for God, like on fire for God as a kid. I I knew he was real and I also, I don't know if my spiritual gift is discerning spirits or not, but I've always been very aware of the spiritual realm and I can, Mm. I can really, I might have that spiritual gift. I can sense darkness. I can sense, um, lightness from Jesus. And so I was always very in tune with that as a kid, but anyways, I got definitely slowly fell off of my faith as I got into high school. I got really obsessed with boys and my relationships and a lot of people I dated weren't believers. And I definitely believe that the people you surround yourself with the most are people you mold into. And I 1000% molded into how those people were. And I kind of, I also found that my parents were very passionate about going to church and to a point where sometimes like I wouldn't want to go and I felt like I still had to go to church. And I, I think as a kid, there's nothing wrong with them. Obviously, I don't want to bash my parents at all. I love them and they're amazing parents. I do think though that it gets to a point for kids that it's their decision to make if they want to go to church and want to be a believer. And I started to feel a lot of church ick and just, I had some not so great experiences with the church and mm-hmm. with certain leaders. And it kind of pushed me away a lot from my just the on-fireness I'd had for the Lord. And so, because frankly, I started to feel really judged because <laughs> I was I was having sex before marriage. I was partying, doing the things the church says is bad. And so I started to feel like I didn't belong there anymore and that something was wrong with me. And I just felt bad. So in college, I stopped going to church for four years. I never stopped believing in God. I always knew that he was there, but I definitely started to experiment with what I really believed in. In 2020, I got into astrology and all of the spirituality stuff. I'd always been told as a kid, that's terrible. Don't do it. And I was like, what's so bad about it? So I fell into that path and it's interesting. I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast because in the moment, it didn't feel like it was wrong. It felt fine, but the enemy is very deceptive. And even if it seems like it's good, not all that glitters is gold. And it definitely opened doors to darkness in my life. Around this time, I started to feel a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. And I, I thought, oh, I'm just going to keep doing all this stuff because it'll help with it. Anyways, fast forward, we're in 2021. I had been in a four-year relationship and I ended up breaking mm-hmm. up with the person and then I hated my job. I It was interesting because I had the quote-unquote dream life that social media shows everyone. Oh, the beautiful apartment with the glass walls, the perfect cute little dog, the job, the social media influence, the party culture in Miami. I had it all. And yet I felt Mm -hmm. the absolute emptiest I'd ever felt in my entire life. And what I quote unquote manifested, it didn't bring me any purpose. It didn't make me feel fulfilled. I just felt like there was still more to life. And I, even though I had what everyone wanted, I still wasn't happy. And so it was interesting because Social media can be good or bad, and I truly know God works on social media because he showed me this devotional through a friend's story. It was Sadie Robertson's Live on Purpose devotional, 
and it was all about fear and anxiety. And I was struggling a lot with anxiety and fear. So I was like, this looks interesting. Let's get it. It was like the first devotional I read was just so spot on. Everything I was struggling with, everything I was going through, I knew God was speaking to me. And even though I was in the midst of all this astrology stuff, he still pulled me out and he still got to me and talked to me and I felt his love. And then I had two friends who I didn't even know were believers. They both invited me to the same church on the same weekend Mm -hmm. and they didn't even know each other. And then I went to that church and it was like the same thing. Everything the pastor said was exactly what I had been needing to hear and God got through to me. And from there, I just slowly started to get back into my faith. I started to pray in the morning. I started to read the Bible reading my devotional, it was a really slow progression. And I eventually started to feel conviction about all the astrology stuff. And I got rid of all of it. I eventually broke all of those ties and cult stuff, whatever. But it was it was a process. And I truly, this past year, has been the most just, it has been the best thing ever, actually knowing God, being close to God, and also understanding who the Holy Spirit is and knowing that there is, as believers, we have spiritual gifts and we can still heal people. We can still have prophecy and there are still miracles that happen every single day. So it's been beautiful, a beautiful journey, but that's, that's it (laughs) in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so beautiful. I, um, what was I going to say? I love to just something that stuck out to me at the very end. There's so many things that I would love to touch on, but like at the end is how these two different people had reached out to you and been like, Oh, like, let's go to church. And I feel like it's just so cool and such an encouragement to anybody like listening to who has been debating doing that with somebody to actually go ahead and like reach out to that person and like, say like, Oh, come to, you know, this Bible study or this church, or like, can I pray for you or any of those things? Cause I feel like it's just so cool to hear like that is something that really brought you in. Like the Lord used that, which is so beautiful. Yes. And I think so many people, at least I was my own experience. Had I, would I have actually gone to church myself by myself? Probably mm-hmm. not because I, once again, had had church hurt, church ick, didn't have a great relationship with it, but it's so true when you have a friend who is like, Hey, want to come with me? And maybe you don't even realize your friend's a Christian and your friend's super cool and you love them all of a sudden that starts to break and chip away that church hurt. Cause you see, Oh, not every person who goes to church is out to judge me or is a bad person or whatever. So that was really cool. Just starting to break down that belief system. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that too. Um, cause I think it really does like, and, and I hear this sometimes too, but it just kind of breaks this idea of, or I guess opens up this idea to like, okay, like there can be so much, there can be so, so, so much hurt that happens in the church and yeah, just so much that can happen. But it's like to knowing that like, okay, but those things aren't Jesus. And sometimes it can be hard to separate those things, but then to have like somebody who loves the Lord so much and is really representing him well, like come in into your life and show you like, no, this is Jesus. And like the Lord loves you so much. And like, yes, like there's obedience and all that, but like shame is not for you. And like you, you know, there's like redemption and love and just like this outpouring of grace and all of these things and showing you that side of it versus like this very like legalistic condemning side of things is such a game changer. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I always look at it too like this. I mean, if you read the story of Jesus, the people who were the chief priests and all of the rabbis and the people in the temple or the church, 
they're the ones that literally persecuted Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it like the church is not perfect. They're ever, humans are not perfect. And so to have an expectation that every church is actually perfect, the expectation is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be not met. And so I think it's been really cool to actually have grace for people in the church. And if you struggle with church hurt in the past, really forgiving those people and asking the Lord to show you how he sees those people and how he saw them mm. in that situation and what the truth was in the situation. Because a lot of times church hurt is a lie the enemy plants in our minds. Like, oh, that person thinks that I am a slut or, oh, that person thinks that I'm a drunk. I mean, those are little lies the enemy put in my mind and I believed mm. them. And I thought the church rejected me when in reality, I was believing something the enemy was planting because he wanted to pull me out of the church. Yeah. Wow. I just got chills. It's so good. I like that you said that too. Earlier on, it kind of ties into like not all that glitters is gold and the enemy like one, I think on one hand, trying to entice us into things that like the Lord calls us not to be in. But then on the other hand, like making us feel like everyone wants to shame us. Everybody's hating us and like just driving us to such condemnation. And then it's just this cycle. But like he's on both ends of that. And that's so powerful to recognize. I think even for people, you know, like just everybody, like whether you're walking with the Lord or you're not walking with the Lord, like to know that like it's the devil, the one who's trying to like entice you, but then also like push you down when you're down. Um, and it's the Lord, like he is the one who's reaching out his hand to save. And he uses people to do that, to like reach you and like bring you back in. Um, yeah. So that's so beautiful. I think that's so cool of you too, to be able to like like you just said, think like, okay, Lord, how do you see these people that I feel hurt by? Um, that's really powerful. And I am sure there's so many people listening. I think because it's really just such a big thing, church hurt and feeling like other Christians have really hurt us. Um, so it's a really big, I feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I've been learning lately is how to truly forgive someone. And because I used to think, oh, okay, forgiveness, I I just need to get rid of this feeling, of whatever the negative feeling is that they caused me to have. And a lot of times people will blanket the feeling, the negative feeling that comes from someone wronging them, but it doesn't actually lead to real forgiveness. I'm learning that real forgiveness comes when it's at like releasing whatever the person did to you to Jesus. It doesn't make the thing they did right or okay, but it's like, hey, I'm going to release this wrong to you, Lord, and I'm going to take it off my take it off my plate, and then show me show me how that you truly see this person. Show me what happened in their past, and just mm. having compassion on that person because realizing that this is a quote that I've heard a long time ago is hurt people hurt people, and just realizing that that person they probably had something happen in their life for them to say that thing to you or do that thing to you. And it's been really, really healing to be able to see the people that have done so, caused so much pain in my life, seeing them from this new lens, a new perspective. And that has allowed me to truly forgive them and just have compassion for them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so beautiful. I, I love that you shared that. Um, especially just because I think it's really relatable. I think there's a lot of people who struggle in a similar way and, or have experienced similar things in that way. I want to dive into like, if you could just to like this um, season of your life where you were like tapping into maybe astrology and things like that. What do you feel like, do you think it was this shift of people inviting you to church? Was that the shift for you to come and step out of that? And um, I remember 
you talking about before too, just like how you recognize like God is so much more powerful. And so just kind of that experience and realizing those things. Yeah. And this is something I love talking about because, oh my gosh, it's cool how God, even during times when we go so far away from him, when I literally had idols that I was, I guess, quote unquote, worshiping, aka the crystals that I was charging in the moonlight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still using the story for good. And I'll first talk about the difference in power. So I don't want to give glory whatsoever to the enemy. I will say he does have some power, but it's truly like nothing compared to the Lord. Mm. When I was doing all the astrology stuff, there was, it was real. And I think that's what's so, I don't want to use scary. It's not scary because we have authority over it in Jesus name, but it's a road you don't want to dabble with because it is real and it's the wrong type of power. So people who use tarot cards or who predict the future, they are getting that from a source, but the source they're getting it from is demonic. And so when you take and listen to what they're saying and you open those doors, you're opening doors to darkness that can lead to oppression. And it actually allows a wall to be put up between you and God. And you allowed that wall to be built because you went over to the other side. Hmm. And so basically I did feel different. I did feel power. I did feel there are moments where I would do like Reiki healing and I was like, oh, I feel so much better. But then it would just come right back. And when I got into my faith again, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is unlike any power I have ever felt in my entire life. Like just the other day, I felt the Lord's love for me and it felt like this weighted blanket and I couldn't even move. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And It's moments like these. I'm like, I never felt that from doing the other stuff. It is a different kind of power. And don't get discouraged if you haven't felt that yet because it took me, it's taken time. (laughs) And it, everyone has access to it through the Holy Spirit, but just don't get discouraged. I think I've also struggled before with comparison in my own Mm -hmm. journey with other people, but the Lord, he does love you and he wants you to experience that. And then to answer the second part of the question, how did I get out of astrology? I think the first thing is it's so cool because people can tell us this is bad. Don't do that. But until the Lord convicts us and places that conviction in our hearts, we're probably not going to turn away from it. And so God actually convicted me of astrology. I I slowly came away from it because once again, I knew from my childhood that it wasn't, it wasn't a good path. It was the dark path. And so I started to feel this conviction and I stopped doing a lot of this stuff. But what really made me get rid of everything that I had from astrology is when I had these crystals on shelves in my room and my now husband was working in my room on my desk and the crystals and shelves and paintings fell at the exact same time. And that's when I realized there is something dark and demonic in this place. And Mm. I know it is tied to these crystals and it's tied to the stage in my closet and it's tied to all these things. And so I got rid of all those things. I threw them away. And then we just prayed over the space and we invited the Holy Spirit and we clean clean that place out of any darkness. So I think that was the final straw. I was like, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I love, um, and I agree, like not giving, you know, the devil like any glory in a sense or like credit in that way but like 
I love that you did bring up because like he is powerful. And I think that applies to like this, especially because you really do see it, but sin in general, like the, like there are things about sin and about the ways that like Satan has that are enticing for a reason. Like maybe they feel good or, you know, it's just powerful or whatever it is. Like there is real power and feelings like in these things. But I, I love that you bring that up because then on the flip side, it's to know like the Lord is so much greater. And like, that is the truth that we have. It's not that, you know, and it even talks about in scripture, like we fight against like principalities and like spiritual things, like they're real. Um, so it's important to recognize that, but I love how much you saw in your own life and even experiencing that, that the Lord is the one who's actually like more powerful than all of these things. And your experience with him is so much more powerful than anything you've experienced with those things. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing like that part of it too. Cause I feel like, um, at least for myself, like we don't talk about that too much, or I don't hear about that too much, like on podcasts. And I think it is something that can be very enticing, even just like manifestation, different things. And so it's, it's cool to really talk about like, no, this is what like the Lord has and the other things have power, but like, that's not, it's not good power and it's not nearly yeah. comparable to him. And also too, I just want to say the enemy is such a copycat. He literally does not make anything up by himself. He copies mm -hmm. everything God does. I mean, if you look at astrology and the different things that go down in astrology, and then you look at the things that we have through the Holy Spirit, like the gift of prophecy, mm. prophecy versus fortune tellers. It's a very similar concept of predicting the future and knowing the future, but the enemy has, he's like skewed it and made it this thing where it's bringing people down, people who want to know the future and want to know what's to come and hope and all those different things. But he brings them into this oppression through it where the Holy Spirit through prophecy is supposed to uplift people, encourage people and keep them going strong in their faith. So it's interesting to even look at different holidays, how the enemy skewed them. And it's really interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. I've recently been noticing. <laughs> no, I think that's so cool. It's like really like he takes things that the, takes things that the Lord does and just like makes them one, not as good, but like also just makes them wicked. And I think we yeah. even see that like thinking back to in the story of Moses where like Moses is doing these signs, but then like Pharaoh has these guys who are also mimicking yes. these different signs too. And it's like, okay, they have this power or these abilities or whatever, but like God is always going to be greater. Um, so yeah, I just love, I love that you, you brought that up. I thought that was really cool. It's so crazy because I talked about that on my podcast yesterday that's so wild. Yeah. Cause, and that even goes to show where God's power is so much greater than those guys, because in that story, the people who the King brought in to get rid of the plagues, they could only get rid of so much. And then there was a point where they couldn't, their powers wasn't working anymore, but the Lords did. I love so it. Shows the difference in the power. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, and I just think too, like, like you said, like you were at this certain place, you mentioned this earlier and how much the Lord is able to like work through your story and like bring glory to himself, I think is really powerful. Um, and just like wrapping up this part of like our conversation too, but I think it's so cool that you have told your testimony and you share your story and like all these different parts of it, because I think a lot of times Christians, um, have done things that they feel that they know, like the Lord has not called them to. And they're so ashamed of them that they don't talk about them. And I think that's really understandable, but I just think it's so beautiful that like you are opening up about what you have gone through 
and what, you know, like different decisions or whatever, and allowed the Lord to like have glory in all these things and shown like, this is what the Lord does. And this is how good he is. And I think it's just such a light and testimony. Um, and it literally is your testimony, but it, it really is like so powerful and such a light. So thank you so much for like opening up and sharing that not only here, but you know, on, on your podcast, I'm sure other podcasts too. I think it's really powerful and can just, you know, meet a lot of people. Oh, of course. And I want to just quickly say, I just had this pop into my mind, the story of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. And it is such a representation of how Jesus just welcomes us back into his arms, even after we've just gone so far astray. And anyone who's feeling shame or guilt, that those two feelings are not from God. Those are feelings the enemy is trying to place in your mind, telling you that you're not enough and that you're not a good Christian and that God doesn't love you because you did X, Y, and Z. But that's from the enemy because he's trying to pull you away from the Lord. The Lord is like, hey, I still love you even though maybe you woke up this morning after being blacked out last night. You are still my child and mm -hmm. I am here for you and I love you no matter what. And even with people, I've had questions before people asking, okay, but if God will always love us, then why is it so bad to sin? I think when you get so deep and close to the Lord, you just lose this desire to sin because you're so, uh, you're so in love with God. And it's like any relationship, if something you did hurt that person, you wouldn't want to do it because you love that person so much. And so I think that as you grow closer to the Lord and really get to know him and get to see his love for you, it's going to get rid of so much desire to sin and have all those fleshly things. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And too, like even Jesus says, like, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's almost like a form of a love language too, where it's like, okay, like if you, if we do actually love him, then we're going to be obeying him and keeping his commandments. But, and I forget, I forget what scripture it is, but talking about how like, as Christians, we are still going to do things that we like don't want to do or don't do things that we should do. And like, we are still going to sin um, just because we're human. And that's just the reality of this world. And I love that you, what you said, like the Lord loves you so much still, and he is for you still, and he has grace for you still. Um, and especially like if you're saved, like your sin is as far removed as the East is from the West. And like, he sees you clean, like run back to him. Like he wants you so much. Um, so I, I love that you shared that. I think that was such a good encouragement. Oh, thanks. So good. I would love to, too, before we wrap up, just going back to the topics of all things like health and fitness and specifically hormones. This is something I feel like at least I've noticed you talking about a little bit more. Do you have any kind of like top tips or anything like that just for hormone health. Um, I think that this is something that I'm really interested in personally, and I've been trying to improve and work on my hormones. So um, any any kind of fun tips here for, for the girls listening? Yeah. And so this is also something I've been really passionate about for a while now is hormonal balancing and working with your hormones as women. And so I won't go super deep into it because it is a lot of a lot of info, but cycle syncing is a great place to start. Have you heard of cycle syncing? Um, I've heard about it. I've tried it with some things. Like I've tried to incorporate some of the way that I move my body or work out and then sometimes to different foods and things like that. But I am so um, lax with it. So I've tried it, but I feel like I haven't been consistent. Yeah. And it's one of those things where 
I think it's important to be to find balance with it because it can sometimes get a little restrictive for people, specifically in the food area of cycle syncing. The idea behind cycle syncing is as women, we have four different phases and it's we have the follicular phase, which comes after your period, the ovulatory phase, which is when your body ovulates and releases the egg. And then we have the luteal phase, which is your body prepping itself for your period. And then you have the menstrual phase, which is when you're bleeding. So a lot of times in school, we're not taught that we have these four phases. We're just taught, oh, you have a period and that's that. And so it's really cool because as women, we can tap into each of these phases and do different things, eat different specific nutrients to help support our hormones as they're fluctuating and changing during the phases. And that's the whole idea behind cycle syncing. So definitely look up cycle syncing if you're curious about it. I have some episodes on my podcast where I bring on different hormone specialists and we talk about cycle syncing. So that's a great place to start. But then in addition to cycle syncing, it is really good to actually get your hormone levels tested to see Mm -hmm. if they're in balance. So this is something that I've done before and you can do it. There's different ways you can do. I did a blood test. Um, I think there's a D you can, I think the most effective way is to do a little DNA test with a natural, I don't know how to say this word, naturopathic. Yeah. I don't know what they do, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not how I pronounce that naturopathic. Anyways, the holistic doctors, <laughs> they usually, yeah. there's a DNA test they can do that gives them a ton of insight into your hormone levels through all the different phases where I know when you get your blood done, I don't think they give, they have a, the same overview of your entire cycle through the blood that you have drawn. It's not as accurate, but anyways, that's a great place to start. And then from there, I think it's important to monitor your stress levels. Stress levels are I know we heard all the time, but really trying our best, even during the busyness of our day, to just find ways that we can decompress and learn to work with our stress and keep it to a point where it's manageable stress and not just we always feel anxious or stressed or overwhelmed because that can really cause a lot of our balance, our hormones to get out of whack and even other systems in our bodies just get out of whack. And then lastly, I would say sleep is super important as well. Making sure Mm -hmm. that you're getting enough sleep and it's quality, deep sleep, trying to avoid going on the phone before bed, all the things that we hear, but just truly trying to implement those simple changes in your life because they will have a really huge impact. I think a lot of times, this is the last thing we'll say on it, but I think a lot of times we try and look for these new ideas and new ways to get super healthy and balance our hormones and clear our skin and all these things. But ultimately, it just comes down to our sleep, our stress, and the food we're eating and the ways we're moving our bodies. It's not – you don't have to take all these crazy supplements all the time. Usually, the root causes are just the core things that keep us alive as a human. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's so cool that you said that too because I feel like then that's accessible to so many people, almost everybody. Um. And that's something that I've been reading so much of. I feel like stress is a thing for me where I have to really make sure like I'm checking that, making sure that's good and um, just anxieties and things along those lines. And sleep too. I feel like I um, have been trying to sleep more recently. I actually cut out coffee recently um, just for kind of like anxiety purposes, things like that. And in turn, have been getting more sleep, I think, because I'm trying to make sure I'm sleeping so that I'm not exhausted the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, yeah, those two things that really stuck out to me when you were saying them um, and have been things, too, that I'm trying to work on. Thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. Yeah, of course. And hey, I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, I woke up this morning with 
I don't know if these are stress pimples or what, but I have not been getting enough sleep. <laughs> I, the food I've been eating has definitely not been nourishing me to its fullest and just the stress <laughs> levels. So anyone listening, don't be hard on yourself if you're not perfect, because mm. even people like me, where this is something I'm really passionate about, I have moments in my life where life is insane. And I feel like, hey, getting a 15 minute workout in can feel like a, the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said that too, because I feel like sometimes when we are so focused on the perfection of it, that can even add more stress to us. Um, So I I think that you said that grace in this area too. Yeah. That's really cool. And there's a quote I've been living by about how it's the importance of just improving 1% each day, not having that all or nothing mindset, just doing, it's from the book Atomic Mm -hmm. Habits, just doing a little bit each day to get better. So maybe that's just going to bed 30 minutes earlier or adding in something green in your lunch or doing five minutes of walking when you have a break at work. It's little, little things. Yeah. I love that. Those are such good practical examples too. I love that. Callie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was such a fun and good and just like nourishing for lack of a better word conversation. Where can people find you if they want to follow along? Um, Just like I do. So I encourage you to go check her out and follow her too, but where can people find you? Thanks. Thank you for having me on. This has been such a fun combo. I need to have you on my podcast, by the way, but anyways, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, you can find me on uh what was I gonna say socials at Instagram at I'm sweaty and I know it TikTok is I'm sweaty and I know it YouTube is Callie Jardine and then my podcast is Healthy But Human and my studio my Pilates studio is an app and a website it's called Sweaty Studio so there's a lot of places but everything's linked in my social media at the link in bio so Cool, cool. We'll try to link all those things too on the show notes, but thank you so much. You were such an encouragement. Um, So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me.